It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Episode 30, Peter and Ed, and be yourself, will you? I am Peter. And I'm Ed. Who'd have thought? Peter and Ed. You're Peter and Ed. Alright, so we got the we got the cup. We got the cup of of tags, the cup of papers. Mm-hmm. In this cup, five topics each. Last time was Pavlova, which was a very strange one to start on. Maybe that'll end up being episode ten or something once we've got things a bit more normal. <laughs> it's the secret one. It's the the, the what do you call it? The pilot. The pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, here we go. Shuffling. And we have beer, wine, and whiskey. Huh. I know, I, I know a few things about those things. Yeah, beer, wine, and whiskey. I, uh, okay, I have this thing about alcohol, right, is that I do drink, but I've never loved it. Like, there are some drinks that, like, if I have, a, if I have like, a sipping glass of whiskey, it'd be great. If I have mm-hmm. some gin on its own, it'd be great sometimes. But, like, if I'm offered juice or a coke i'm like obviously that's nicer obviously that's a nicer drink than drinking beer if i could get if people could get drunk on coke half the world would be dead already like people just add vodka to coke or rum you still taste it (laughs) what i'm saying is what i'm saying is that alcohol is such a such an unappealing taste in and of itself. It has to be like forced upon you. Nobody first drinks beer and is like, this is the thing I've been waiting for. Well, okay. It's interesting that you should bring that up because uh, infants don't have the taste receptors that allow them to register things being bitter. So, you know, I remember when I was a kid, like, you know, two and a half years old, sitting on my grandfather's knee and sharing beer with him because uh, he thought it was hilarious, and I loved it. And most kids, I mean, I know a lot of kids in my generation who have similar memories, and in, in theory, it's because kids will only taste the sweet component in beer. They won't taste the bitter component from hops. They'll just taste the sweetness from malt. Don't babies uh, have more more taste buds than, than adults do? Don't you have taste buds all around your mouth when you're born? They do, but the bitter receptors just don't develop in humans until later in life so right. um so beer is actually something that baby don't um, and then we go through this phase where we stop liking it because suddenly we taste bitter things see i i i have gone through recently in the last couple of years the the revelation that i no longer bear any any guilt or judgment about getting something that just tastes nice like if i go out to a bar or a restaurant or something and they have the option for those like you know blue cocktails that you have no idea what's in them I'll drink that without any shame whatsoever. If it tastes okay. nice, if it tastes nice, I'm going to tell them that. I think that more people should do that. Yeah. And I think it's great that, you know, at least in the before times when there were still restaurants and bars, um, but there seemed to be a movement toward having no alcohol or low alcohol beverage options that bartenders actually took seriously. You know, they took time and thought and care in, in preparing, you know, fancy ginger syrups and, and fresh these juices and, and shit like that. And that's great. There's a, like, there's like a, a growing up early temple, but there's no shame in wanting one of those. Did you, did you watch the kids in the hall when you were younger or growing up? Yeah. There's a kid, there's a kids in the hall sketch called, I think it's actually called girl drink drunk. And it's about this guy who like 
works at a corporate office and they all drink every day and drink whiskey together and celebrate with whiskey and he's like oh i'm sorry i can't drink and they're like oh just just have a girl drink just have a girl drink and then he just he begins this really steady decline into alcoholism but every time he's getting like sick and nauseous and he needs his fix he has to go into the work cupboard and like mix himself a really elaborate cocktail so he's like pulling <laughs> pulling things out of his jacket like he's got his chases and his fruits and his blender it's pretty great if i could make those things myself i think i would be drinking a lot more often and i mean I very rarely drink at home because it's just not something that I like doing alone because if it's not something that tastes nice, I'm not going to have it with dinner. I'm not going to have a glass of whiskey with dinner. If I'm out at a bar or I'm out, you know, with people, that's fine. It's a different thing. But it's just not appealing to me to drink it as a drink. Well, I think I think that goes back to something you were saying earlier. I mean, part of the appeal of most alcoholic beverages is context, right? We associate having a you know bottle of champagne with a special event or we associate having a beer with friends after work with a certain nice feeling right so most of the benefit that we get from drinking alcoholic beverages is actually a social benefit and you know sitting at home with a bottle of vodka and your cat is kind of sad <laughs> is that sorry speaking from personal experience or is that i, I do jaeger and i have two cats so, oh, Jägermeister yeah. is disgusting. Yeah, no. If you're drinking, if you're drinking Jägermeister on its own, you're lying to yourself. If you're saying, if you're saying to yourself, I know what I want right now. I know, I know what would really help me out right now. It's a nice shot of Jägermeister. Then you're lying to yourself. Jäger is not for mixing. Have you tried mixing Jäger with any? I have done. I've done the Boilermaker, where you drop a Jägermeister into a beer. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. But I mean, beyond that, it's kind of one of those things you have to have on its own. But it's like a punishment. It's a punishment of a drink. I guess if you don't like it, sure. Okay, do you drink wine? Yes. Do you uh, drink... And my parents were kind of enophiles, I guess. So I grew up in a kind of wine nerdy house. Um, and I got a good palate for wine, having worked in restaurants and worked with you know people who know lots of stuff about wine. I picked up some shit along the way. Um, and it's interesting because growing up, even when I was a child, I get a little bit of wine in a wine glass topped up with water, and the ratio just sort of changed as I got older. I was drinking a wine dinner with my parents when I was like twelve. Well, how convincingly can you identify wines now if people put wines in pretty, front of you? Pretty well. You can. Can you do that thing where people can like identify where wines came from? Can you be like, oh, I think these are grapes from blank? Uh, I can probably tell you what i think a grape is i probably can't tell you where that grape is grown right i think the best yeah. i can do with identifying wine is like this is red this is white and then also i might be like well this one tastes a bit disgusting and then i sip another one this one also um tastes a bit what's the word disgusting um this one is very unpleasant and this one here i did not enjoy that would be my i had a really funny experience when i was in my 20s i was working for an italian restaurant and there was an Italian trade show in Toronto somewhere, and I'd just been promoted to sous chef, and we got an invitation to, you know, send someone from the restaurant to this Italian Trade Commission wine show thing to, look, you know, taste wines and buy wine for the restaurant, and nobody wanted to go. Nobody gave a flying fuck. And I was, you know, a young, eager, eager beaver, and I'm like, oh, send me, send me. So they did. And uh, I had no idea what I was doing. I'd never been to a wine tasting before. I, I just, you know, I was, I was winging it. So I figured I'm gonna. Uh, there were these clumps of very old men at the, at the trade. 
<laughs> Sorry, that's just a great sentence. These clumps are very old then. And I thought, okay, well, you guys probably know what you're doing. And so I'd sidle up to them when they were at the, you know, giant prosciutto mountain or whatever and kind of walk around with those guys and taste the wines that they were tasting because I figured at least I would gain something from their, you know, years of experience. And uh, it worked. I ended up making some pretty intelligent decisions about wines to buy for the restaurant. Uh, and I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. So it's quite possible to wing it. What about whiskeys? <laughs> are you good at, Are you good with whiskeys? Uh, yeah, because I really like them. Um, yeah. You know, and again, I guess more like you would do. I, I just want to sip a whiskey. You know, I'm not going to get drunk on shots of whiskey. But sure. Like, you know, but... but uh, you know, again, it, it's the same. I mean, it doesn't sound to me like you like the taste of booze at all. Whereas like, I do, I do like it. It's just never going to be my first drink. It's not going to be something that I'm going to. It's like it's not going to be something that I'm going to drink as. But you can appreciate the nuance in a whiskey. Absolutely, so I can. Absolutely, I can. I I don't think it would ever be something that I would drink if I was like a thirsty or I would have it with a meal. Really, I would very rarely drink with a meal. I do like whiskey. I can stand beer. I mean, when I go out to a bar or anything. Like, I am such a, uh, I don't know what the term is, I'm such a crap drinker of, of different drinks. Like, I'll say, oh, can I get a, uh, you know, Stella? Because it's going to taste the same everywhere. I don't need to try 15 different... Bottle beer is always safer than draft beer, no matter where you go. Yeah, but I just like the consistency of it. It's like, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're far away, if you're in Rome or whatever, and you're there yeah. for a month, maybe one day or two you'll go to McDonald's just because you know what it's going to taste like, you know what it's going to be. You just have that safety. Like, maybe you, you, should be, you should be sampling the various pizzas and pastas of Rome. You should be experiencing that. But every now and then, you just want to be like, I want to get something that I know how it's going to taste, and I know it's going to be safe for me. And that's why there's always Jägermeister. <laughs> that's that's your version. That's your version of of McDonald's is Jägermeister. So for you, if you think safety drink, you think Jägermeister. Absolutely. Yeah. See, for me, if I think safety drink, I think Coca Cola. If I'm in a restaurant and I don't know any of the drinks, like if it's it's the wine list I can't identify, even if it's even if it's an upscale restaurant, I will not feel guilty about saying, "Can I get a Coke? Can I just get a Coke?" And they will look at me and they will look at me and say, "Do you want crayons as well?" And I'll be like. I get it. I understand. I'm a child, but yeah, bring me a Coke. I would never have a Coke with a meal, especially in a fancy restaurant, but I would also never have Jaeger with a meal either, right? Again, like, drinks are contextual, you know? In the same way you said, you know, alcohol wouldn't be your first move if you were thirsty, I think that that's good medical advice. Alcohol is... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, neither of the doctors, we should mention that. Um, but, but we could uh, be the we could be the guys standing on the side of like a, a marathon run, handing out those cups, just handing out beers instead of water. You know, in the, the Tour de France, they used to hand out champagne. No, because, that can't be a real thing. It's a real thing. It was considered an energy drink. <laughs> what? So they would get slowly blitzed as they climbed the mountain. Yeah, absolutely. It was kind of it was kind of fucked up. But I remember when I was a kid, I had a summer job. It was a hot August day. I came home. Uh, I was just, I was awake. I was about to, you know, have heat stroke or something. And my dad said, well, son, you have a choice. You can walk up to the convenience store and you can get yourself a Gatorade, or you can go down to the beer fridge and get yourself a beer. And it was the first time my dad had ever, you know, offered me a beer. Why, sorry, work. why was water from the tap not an option? Because you need electrolytes when you're dehydrated. And beer is a 
a fantastic source of electrolytes and carbohydrate. It's going to do the same thing as having a Gatorade if you're really, really thirsty. It's nice and cold. It's refreshing. Electrolytes are just salt. <laughs> electrolytes are just salt. Gatorade is just salt water. You could have just got a, a pinch of salt. It's salt, and it's salt and sugar, right? Is it? And different types of salts, right? And beer has a lot of that stuff in it too. And frankly, I mean, back in the day, you know, Egypt, medieval Europe, you're drinking beer instead of water anyway, because drinking water will fucking kill you. That's, yeah, that's true. When the water was poison. When the water had been turned to blood. Right, so it's safer to drink beer. Honestly, I'm still fixated on the drunk Tour de France. That sounds like the best sporting event in the world. I would very much like to reintroduce that. Absolutely bring it back. Um, But, like, you know, that's also interesting, because anthropologists, food anthropologists, sort of talk about a distinction between Western and Eastern sort of food traditions based on whether you made tea or whether you made beer. Because no matter where you are in the world, until you invent water purification techniques, drinking fresh water is pretty likely to kill you. So if you live in you know the Eastern part of the world, you boil water and you make tea so that you don't die from drinking beverages. And then in Europe, uh, you make beer instead. That's, that says a lot about those two cultures, is that you either went by default to beer or you went to tea. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> Do they not have beer in, you know, ancient China? I don't know. Look, everybody, every every culture has, you know, some sort of alcoholic beverage. It's just, I guess, a matter of how pervasive it is in terms of being a survival technique. <laughs> I'm still, I, yeah. All right, well, that's a solid 10. There's no, there's no clean way to end these things. Let's just, uh, let's just say that's about ten. Oh, that's we've gone over. That's thirteen minutes. There you go. There's a specially long one, um, and that's the, that's the drunk Tour de France. Maybe next time can be other drunk sports. Drunk. That one's got interesting bits. Sorry. That one's got some interesting. Bits. That's got yeah, it's got some interesting bits. Drunk Tour de France. Next time we can focus on some other drunk sports. All right, that's all. Goodbye, all. You want to say goodbye, Peter? Goodbye. Sure, there you go.